It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is September 5th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Fortunately for us here in Central Florida, Hurricane Dorian has passed and has not, did not do really any damage. It skirted by us and fortunately, much of the worst parts of the storm stayed over uh, over the Atlantic, but we do want to extend our thoughts and prayers to to those in the Bahamas who who unfortunately got the brunt of this very dangerous storm. By the time it reached the Florida coast, it was a Category Two, but it was sitting over the Bahamas for really a whole day as a Category Four. So our thoughts and prayers are with them. Um, check for great. There there are plenty of great charities and plenty of great places that are doing work to provide relief to the Bahamas. And of course, our thoughts are still with those in the Carolinas and heading up into Virginia as Hurricane Dorian continues to make its way up the East Coast. Hopefully it stays 
Hopefully it's just like it was with Florida where it just kind of stays along the coast, maybe drifts out into the Atlantic a little more and does not make landfall where we're still very hopeful of that. But we are back in the saddle here to talk nothing but basketball as the hurricane has passed. I've caught up on sleep after working some early morning shifts at my day job. Uh, and so we're ready to talk some basketball here to end the week. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find here on Locked On Magic. No matter who it is, the Celtics, the Jazz, the Heat, the, Bo- the Hornets, the Lakers, the Clippers, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we've got the Locked On NBA podcast. They've been going live every morning after the FIBA games end to discuss the FIBA World Cup. The U.S., of course, defeating Japan by a ton of points. It was 60 at one point. I think it was a, ended up being like a 50-something point win. Um, and of course, they had the overtime win over Turkey. Uh, but talking Team USA, USA will play Greece actually on Saturday, which should be a very exciting game. Uh, so lots to get to as the FIBA World Cup moves on to the second round. Of course, several of the Magic's players, including uh, or half the Magic's players, Alfred Camino in Nigeria, as well as Nikola Vucevic and Montenegro playing in the classification round as their World Cup comes to a close. Um, they'll have two more games, actually, as they do classification to, again, stuff that will help determine who qualifies for the Olympics and who makes the Olympic qualifying tournaments. We'll maybe explain a little bit of that once it's all done over the weekend when we come back on Monday. But lots to get to here for us. Uh, lots to get to as well elsewhere in the Lockdown Podcast. I work this Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. The NFL starts today. So you got Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Bears, Lockdown Packers. There's Lockdown NFL Podcast for almost every NFL team, plus MLB and colleges too. You can find all these great podcasts by searching wherever you download podcasts for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Remember the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The FIBA World Cup has has reached the end of its its preliminary round, or its first round, as we head to the second round. The U.S., of course, uh, going undefeated with with a really thrilling and shocking win over Turkey, where Turkey literally had the game... One, they had four free throws to clinch the game, and they missed all four. We certainly lament with that, but USA able to draw a foul, able to get a big offensive rebound, and able to pull out the victory in overtime, escaping in both regulation and in overtime, and in one heck of a performance for Team USA. 
it, you know, you do what you got to do. You escape however you've got to escape. It doesn't matter how you win as long as you win. That's sort of the, the motto and the lesson of, of everything in, in, in life when it comes to sports. For, obviously, and France taking care of Dominican Republic. Evan Fournier has played really well for, for France. They'll move on to the next round as well, as, as expected, as, as, as they're, they're one of the better teams. Um, I'm trying to think who else we got here. Uh, Al Farouk Aminu and Nigeria uh, had a really nice win over Korea. Uh, Al Farouk Aminu's played really, really well, I think. They'll, they'll play Cote d'Ivoire on Friday uh, to, as they begin their classification round. And, of course, Canada... Beating, uh, beating. Uh, I'm trying to remember, I watched it. The Senegal this morning. Ken Birch with another solid effort. Ten rebounds, three blocks, three steals, six points. Looked really good in my opinion. And you know some of the things that we know that he struggles with. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about him, I guess, coming up uh, at the uh, coming up next week. But the guy I want to talk today is Nikola Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic in Montenegro, not expected to advance in the tournament. There's an outside chance that they would get uh, get a. Uh, 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 you know, maybe steal one of the bids, but but they had to beat some good teams. And Montenegro, just not quite the team to do that yet. They're, they're just not at that level. They, they lost to Greece expectedly. Um, I, I don't think anyone thought that they would beat Greece. Then they took on took on Brazil to, earlier today, and, and that was a, a close defeat, a 13-point game. But that game, everything was already determined because the really deciding game for Montenegro and whether they were going to have a potentially strong FIBA World Cup run was against New Zealand. And New Zealand put it to them a little bit. Um, you know, they had a really strong third quarter, uh, thir- third and fourth quarter, and were able to pull away for the win. And all throughout it, and really all throughout Vucevic's entire time with Montenegro, including today where he only played 13 minutes, which it's not particularly clear why. I don't think he, I haven't heard any reports that he was hurt. I think it was a coach's decision to play younger guys and to play maybe guys that, that he feels a little more trusting in. Nikola Vucevic with the, with the Montenegro national team just seems to fade into the background. I don't know what it is. Perhaps it's because he kind of drops in during the summer. He's not playing with it. He wasn't part of the qualifying team, which no NBA player was. He isn't playing in a lot of the leagues that perhaps these guys are playing with, playing with. And so even when you watch it, watch these games, there's something of a disconnect. It doesn't feel like everyone's quite on the same page. It might be in the same chapter, but they're but they're not on the same page. And for big man especially, if 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 you're not in sync with your guards and I'll grant it, Montenegro's guards are not particularly good. Uh, and I think they make some bad decisions a lot of times. Especially with some of the bigs they have. I mean, I think their two best players, their three best players are Nikola Ivanovic, who's who's the point guard. Nikola Vucevic and, and their other big man, whose name is escaping me. I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, uh, Bojan Dublovic. So, like, Montenegro has some good players, but... They're not often the ones taking the shots, and 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 you know, there's, uh, Peter Popovich has been really nice for Montenegro, but there's a lot of bad decision making going on with Montenegro's guards, and and with a team that has that such a small margin of error, it's you know, and 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 bigs that they got to feed, it's it's been a bit difficult. But I would also claim that Montenegro's best moments in this tournament, Montenegro's best moments have come when Nikola Vucevic was the center of attention, was the featured player, when he was playing with the right energy and, and he was the one getting the ball and, and getting the touches and 
being a sort of dominant force. Throughout the broadcast against New Zealand the other day, and this was, uh, I guess, Tuesday now. Days have started to run together for me. I apologize. Uh, On Tuesday against New Zealand, the broadcasters were were sitting there saying the things that I think a lot of you are probably saying. Nikola Vucevic is your NBA All-Star. He's the, as the broadcasters mentioned, the $100 million man. Why are Montenegro not getting him the ball? Why is he not more involved in the offense? And it's a fair question, I think. I think throughout this tournament, Vuce has been a little bit hesitant to really impress himself on the game. Whether it's whether he's hanging around the perimeter too much to let Dublovic work the post, uh, whether he's not rolling hard or, or not posting up, whether it's just the guards just aren't getting in the ball. And I would agree, I would say that those guards have missed him on several opportunities. It's it's been hard to notice Vucevic's imprint in this tournament and on this team. I think that's perhaps critical, but but a fair thing to say. And yes, I, I think you can watch these games, and it's no doubt that Vucevic is the best player on the team. That he is someone that should be playing a bigger role. In the three games that they've played, Vucevic has averaged 11.7 points per game and six rebounds per game. It's not bad. He's second on the team in both. In terms of efficiency, uh, the, the FIBA efficiency metric, he's second on the team behind Nikola Ivanovic. Ivanovic is a good player. I, I do like Ivanovic. But it doesn't feel like Vucevic is doing a lot. Feels like he's hanging on the perimeter and, you know, not asserting himself in these games. He's had his moments. I mean, he tried to dunk on Giannis and Giannis got him. But in the third quarter against New Zealand, Vucevic finally took over. After a slow start in the first half and and Montenegro trailing, Vucevic started to pick up baskets. He started started to work around the basket. He started to hit a three-pointer. He, he would work quickly in the post because teams were doubling him. They know how important Vucevic is. They were doubling him and he was being patient and making the right play or spinning out of pressure and getting a shot. So, Vucevic's stat line doesn't look great, but I think when he's in an environment where he's more comfortable, where players trust him a lot more, and I think that that's something that was happening here with Vucevic. When, they're in a, when he's in an environment that... that they know what he can do, and they're setting up plays for him to do that, he'll be more successful. Is Vucevic going to have another 2013 season like he had last year? Probably not. I I could see his production dipping a little bit just because of age, attention. Last year was a career season. It's hard to repeat that stuff. So I think we will see Vucevic take another step. Don't, Don't get me wrong. I do think we will see Vucevic play reasonably well next year. But he hasn't looked like... He, he may not be the all-star that he was last year. I think that's that's a fair thing to say. And in this tournament, it hasn't really been his production that I think is missing. It's that intangible aspect about his game that we're waiting to develop. 
whether you're a Vucevic supporter like me or you're someone who thought that, that Nikola Vucevic should have been long gone off the team. There is no debating that his playoff performance was lacking. Now, was that enough for me to say, don't resign him? No, but his playoff performance was certainly lacking. Toronto harassed him, made him uncomfortable, and you know he hasn't faced the same kind of defense in Mon- with Montenegro, but I think he's gotten a lot of the same attention. And what we really want to see happen with Vucevic is to see him respond to this. We want to see him respond to the attention and the pressure that he's receiving. And we want to see him respond by scoring over it, saying, I can still beat this. And we want to see him respond to this by making the right play, by putting his team in a better position to succeed and ultimately leading them to a win. What's what's really the next step, and this might be for the entire Magic team, to be honest, what's really the next step for Vucevic is becoming that leader. With Montenegro, when he took control of the game against a very good New Zealand team, I, I think New Zealand is a really strong team. They, they did not advance. Brazil and Greece advanced. But New Zealand had a really nice run, I, I thought. And they had bigs that could bother Vucevic and pull him away from the basket. And that's another thing about FIBA basketball. Is there's a lot, of, lot more bigs that shoot and pull big men away from the basket so the rebounding totals are much lower. When Vucevic started demanding the ball in that third quarter, when they were down by nine, he scored quickly. Third quarter in that game against New Zealand, he had eight points, three rebounds, and blocked the layup. Vucevic's defense has been very good in this tournament, I want to add. Positioning's been fantastic. He he, he definitely has that understanding. So I don't think we'll see a defensive drop-off from him. But what we really want to see from Vucevic is the presence of a leader. Someone who, when the team is struggling, can will his team out of it. When, you know, he knows how important he is to the team, will demand that his teammates feed him the ball because they know good things will happen. And that was the case throughout the regular season last year, but even late in games, you could kind of see Vucevic take a step back and let Evan Fournier take the lead or... or or let someone else kind of, or let DJ Augustine kind of be that steadying presence. And it's tough for Big to do this. I'll grant you that. But there's this subtle nuance to it. There's this subtle nuance to being able to be that guy instead of just fitting in. Perhaps Vucevic is focused on fitting in with this Montenegro group. He's kind of been out of the national team for a little while. He's brought back in for this tournament. And so other guys have taken the league, I think. Lead, I think. Even though Vucevic is the second leading scorer, I think Ivanovic and 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 Dublovic have been much more present in the games. And that can't happen with Vucevic. That shouldn't happen on this team. Vucevic should be the guy. Whether they run their offense through him, maybe, maybe not. But when he gets the ball, when he puts his, imp- he needs to put an imprint on these games. And that hasn't happened. 
What does that say about his time with the Magic? I don't know. Maybe it just confirms what we all know, that, that Vucevic is a, is a nice player, but not a guy to build a franchise around. And it's not that the Magic have built a franchise around him, but they've made him an important piece once again. Time will tell how Vucevic develops as a leader, but I think this is his next phase. To be an all-star again, obviously the Magic have to win, and he has to put up the numbers, but I think to be an all-star again, he's got to prove that he can be a leader, a team leader, when things get tough leader. And in the playoffs, obviously, he struggled with that. And at the World Cup... We haven't seen Vucevic come to the fore enough. It's not clear how much more Vucevic is going to play in this tournament. He played only 13 minutes against Brazil. And like I said, a lot of that is because, you know, they're kind of done. There's not a lot to play for. I don't think they can make the Olympic qualifying tournament with with all the European teams here. So it's not like, it's not like, uh, it's not like Nigeria. Nigeria has a lot to play for still. They can still make the Olympics even though they aren't advancing in this World Cup. They can still make Olympic qualifying tournaments. There's a lot to play for. Montenegro, maybe doesn't have as much. But at the end of the day, we've seen Vucevic kind of put up these middling numbers in FIBA play and come back and be fine in the NBA. And I think he'll be fine in the NBA. I think he'll be at the level he was last year. But obviously, the Magic want and need a bit more. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. And the reason the Magic want and need a bit more is because they have ambitions beyond what they are now. The Magic, you know, Magic last year were a surprise team, a team that snuck into the playoffs, but you still won't hear anyone discuss the Magic as one of those bright young teams, as one of those young teams to keep an eye on. You know, the Hawks get more national love than the Magic. And honestly, a lot of it has to do with star power. Trey Young is is a superstar in the making. No one likes to watch those solidly built teams that, you know, have kind of a laissez-faire attitude about who scores and, and, and play, you know, kind of gritty defense. Like, no one's really sure if the Magic are building towards something or kind of at the end of their road. 
And of course, there's a lot of reasons for this belief. I don't think it's completely unfounded. I, I think it's a little unfair, but I don't think it's completely unfounded. They have a lot of young guys who are uncertain. And, and Aaron Gordon, who you know I think is due is is in, in for a key season this year. Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz are still unknowns. Mo Bamba is still an unknown, and and they're essentially they're 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 veteran players. Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross. They're at the peak of their careers, and if they're the guys that are supposed to be leading your team and and, and key contributors, you're probably not getting much further. I'm 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 a believer in this Magic team. I think they can take another step, but I completely agree with the notion too that I I agree completely with the notion too that the ability to take that next step is reliant on Aaron Gordon becoming an All Star, on Jonathan Isaac taking another taking a big leap in his game, on Markel Fultz being productive, on Mo Bamba being productive. If they really do want to compete for home court advantage, one of the young guys has to take the leap. But the other question at the heart of this is, is perhaps a question that several fans asked, and I think rightfully asked, last summer when the Magic hired Steve Clifford. Steve Clifford is a great culture-building coach. He is great at establishing a foundation getting a team to believe in each other, and getting the most out of that team. What he has not proved yet is that he can take that team that's just making the playoffs, that's establishing their culture, and build upon it to get them to the next round. And I think a lot of the criticism that the Magic got for hiring Clifford is exactly that. Orlando didn't Orlando hired a coach who's going to keep them in the wheel of mediocrity. That hasn't proved he can take them to the next round. I would argue at the time, and I think I did argue at the time and I think I would still argue today, that that part didn't matter. Make the playoffs first, prove you can get there, prove you can build that foundation and then worry about the next step. Then worry about whether you can do more. And You know, they say the shelf life for an NBA coach is three years. You give a coach three years to figure things out. Year two is very much about showing that that Clifford can take this team to the next level, that this team has that next level potential, and that Clifford is the right coach to foster that next level potential. The players have to do their jobs for sure, but making the playoffs again will, will cement that foundation. But they have to make the playoffs again and show they can do more and not just kind of be where they're at. It's a big season on that front. And it's the exact same thing Clifford went through in Charlotte. When Clifford arrived in Charlotte, they were a team that was struggling to to find any sort of identity, any sort of foundation. And Clifford built that up. And his first year, they made the playoffs in the same way the Magic made the playoffs last year through grit and defense. And they kept that defense and defensive intensity throughout his four-year tenure with the Hornets. Or five five years with the Hornets, I believe. So he built the foundation. But what happened over the next four years was disappointment. The team missed the playoffs the following year. 
went out and signed Nicholas Batum, went out and acquired Nicholas Batum, got a very talented player in on a, made the playoffs, signed him to a big contract, and then missed the playoffs the next two years as players struggled to adapt and struggled to to develop and struggled to meet the next level. There were injuries, of course. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist was a big injury for them on several occasions. Cody Zeller missed some time. They, Kemba Walker was was at times in and out of the lineup, I think, for one of those seasons. But they never were able to take that next step. The defense was still good. The offense, inconsistent. They relied a lot on Walker, and they were their on-off numbers when Walker was on and off the floor was pretty staggering. Batum never lived up to his contract, so they were hamstrung in the cap, and they hit on a lot of interesting young players. Zeller, um, you know, Kid Gilchrist was a solid, was and a second overall pick was a solid pick. Kaminsky turned out okay, not great. But they never hit that home run again. They never found that second guy. They never found the guy that, that Walker really needed to, to support. And finishing 36 and 46 for two consecutive years after that, that second playoff berth in three years, they realized that they were in that wheel of mediocrity. To sustain yourself in the NBA, you need cap flexibility. And if you don't have cap flexibility, you better be drafting really well. It's not that Charlotte, and, and I always admired Charlotte because they built the foundation and they were just missing that last piece. But they couldn't get over the hump. They hit singles with their draft picks when they needed a double. And they missed out on some good guys, like Donovan Mitchell, for instance, or trying to, or trying to get Justice Winslow. How much of that was Steve Clifford's fault and how much of that was management's fault? It's hard to say. But I think his team in Orlando, while they've followed a similar path, while they look very very much the same in a lot of ways, foundationally they look the same, I think that they are different. And I think they can be different. And as I've said, the key to Orlando taking the next step and competing at those higher levels are the young guys, are the young players. In Charlotte, outside of Kemba Walker, the young players never developed into more than rotation players. They never developed guys beyond what they already were. Clifford took the most of what he had and made them as good as he could. No one projected Kaminsky or Zeller to be stars. They were solid players, but they weren't stars. Kid Gilchrist injuries probably kept him from developing the shooting that that he was on track to develop. And so, Clifford was not working with a lot. And and Batum's fall-off was just kind of... Batum's fall-off and all of the injuries that he faced only made things harder for Charlotte. Now, Orlando did a lot of the same things that Charlotte did after that second playoff berth. They felt a little bit backed into a corner because they just made the playoffs and they struggled to make the playoffs for so long. So they kept a lot of their same roster. They spent a lot of money this summer to keep a lot of the same roster. Not saying that's good or bad. I think it was the right decision, to be honest. But it's what they had to do.
to, to make sure that Clifford does not repeat the mistakes of Charlotte, though, Orlando has to see those young players develop. Because unlike the young guys in Charlotte, Aaron Gordon has star potential. Isaac, I think, has star potential. Fultz has star potential. Bamba has star potential. Those guys can be more than role players. The Magic do have a nice young group. A lot of questions about that young group, but a nice young group nonetheless. And how much they develop and what they become will chart the Magic's future. And I know that future looks a lot different than what Charlotte's future did. No offense to Charlotte, because I did. I really liked what they were building under Clifford. It just, it just didn't work out. And sometimes stuff doesn't work out. It's this youth that separates the magic from the Charlotte experiment, or from Charlotte's building. And it's that youth that will determine, ultimately, whether Steve Clifford is successful, and ultimately, whether the magic are successful. As we begin to think more seriously about the expectations and, and sort of the narratives that we'll set for this coming season, the big one that keeps sticking out to me is always this. If you want to avoid the wheel of mediocrity, the treadmill of mediocrity, you always have to have a way forward. You can't just be running in place. Making the playoffs again for the Magic would not be a signal to me, it's not a signal on its face that the Magic are on the treadmill of mediocrity because there are so many different ways they could make the playoffs. If it's similar to last year where it's Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier leading the way and, and Aaron Gordon kind of stagnates in his development and the young guys sort of stagnate in their development, then yes, I would share a lot of concerns. If the Magic make the playoffs as a six seed or a five seed even, there's certainly, there's certainly progress up the standings. That, that's a good thing. Competing and having an actual chance to win a playoff series is a good thing. If the Magic are seven seed again, but it's Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac taking more of a leading role, and they look like they're ready to make another leap in their games. That would be fine. I don't mind standing in place if that's the change that happens. You see, all the progress the Magic really can make is based on the young player's development. Clifford has clearly shown he can put them in the right spots to win. He's clearly shown that the team, as long as they play strong defense, can scratch out enough offense to win. And, and offense is was Clifford's weakness in Charlotte. It's still this team's weakness. They were 22nd in the league in offensive rating. And ultimately, whether the Magic take a step up or not is based on their offense. Can they score more effectively and efficiently? That is still a legitimate question about this Magic team. As we saw in the playoffs, how much they'll struggle when teams really focus in on them. They've got to be more dynamic offensively, and that is certainly a weakness that they have not fully addressed. But the only way to improve upon that, to improve on everything with this team, is with their young players. And we'll see if Clifford can avoid making the mistakes, if the Magic can avoid making the mistakes of Clifford's Hornets teams. It's all on those young players' backs. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. 
how did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Up on orlandomagicdaily.com now, we have a look at Ben Uzo, who's playing for Nigeria, who recovered from thoracic outlet syndrome, so definitely check that out. Plus, our list of the 30 most underappreciated players in Orlando Magic history. Definitely check that list out. Sit down with it. It's it's a long one, but I promise it's worth it. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.